Hello and welcome back to Why So Sidious, a nerd podcast where we travel from a galaxy far, far away to the damage control supermax prison, breaking down and analyzing all things in nerd culture and cinema galore. Today we'll be covering the second episode of the Disney Plus series She-Hulk. Before we dive in, I'd like to ask you to head over to our social media and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at WhySoCidiousPod, where we post breaking news, polls, videos, and more. We'd love to see you on there interacting with us. Uh, it helps us bring you more of what you would like to see in terms of content. So head on over, follow us, give us some likes and shout outs, and we'll have some fun. So let's get into this episode of She-Hulk episode two titled Superhuman Law. Now we'll start off with a quick, quick summary of the episode. After the events of episode one, where Jen stops Titania in court, she is fired from her law firm due to being a distraction and from losing the case due to a mistrial after it was decided she had a massive conflict of interest in being a superhuman being. So she's fired. No law firm will take her. And we get a strange and we get a scene straight out of Miss Marvel with the family at the dinner table asking all about the world of superheroes and her powers. Flash forward to her being approached by the attorney from GLKNH, who she was going against in the trial, and she is offered a job under two conditions. She represents the division for representing superpowered beings, and she has to be in Hulk form the whole time. Her first client, Abomination. After she speaks with Bruce about defending him, which we find out that Bruce is actually on the Sakaran ship, she takes the client on just before seeing video clips of Abomination out of prison and fighting in Madripoor, a scene that we saw in Shang-Chi. So that's what we got in this episode. Uh, it was actually the shortest episode of a Disney Plus series. It was a 27-minute long, and that included about seven minutes or so of recaps and credit scenes and credits. So really, we got about 20 minutes of this episode. So very, very short episode. JD, let's let's get just quickly your your overall thoughts on the episode. I liked it a lot. I mean, it's just, it's, it's an easy watch and it also feels important like phase one and phase two and they're dropping Easter eggs and they let us know where Hulk's going and the abomination comes back. So they're actually giving nods to the incredible Hulk, like a movie that I thought Marvel said that they were going to forget as canon and pretended like it never happened, but that's not true. It ties into that a ton and Emil Blonsky's back. Mm -hmm. He has some funny, like, uh, he's a different character now, but I get it. He's been in prison. He's probably doing a little soul searching and whatever. So, mm -hmm. I mean, you could explain it that way. It's fine. And then even the ending where it shows that he broke out of prison and that's where he's fighting Wong in that little underground fight. So it, it gave you perspective on when this takes place. Like this is happening during Shang-Chi. So it just feels like phase one, phase two Marvel. I enjoy it. Okay. Caleb? Yeah, I'm kind of pissed at Wong. Like, what are you doing, bro? After I saw it from this perspective. <laughs> yeah. I mean, her, her boss says, turn on the news, and she's like, oh, crap. So Dope. I was like, Wong, come on, man. Like, we're all, we're all Avengers here. It's supposed to be a team. What are you doing to get him to go fight in some random fight on the other side of the world? Yeah. Unless. So can, uh, fix, fix a fight and win, probably. That's what he's doing. He's fixing fights. I'm, Unless yeah, he I'm saw it as a huge see. threat, and then he went to go try to save the day. I don't know. <laughs> Even though he was just kind of talking to him in the locker room afterwards, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, yeah, it didn't seem like was, a threat response. It seemed like a, hey, no, let's go fight at the fight club planned. this weekend. And like, I don't know. It was, I don't, I'm, I'm sure I, they'll explain it. I hope they do because it doesn't make sense why Wong would be there. <laughs> no, because Wong brought him there 
to fight him. It's not like they're fighting somebody else. They both mm-hmm. went in there and just fought in front of a bunch of cameras and then left. <laughs> like, I don't know. Odd strategy. Blonsky's doing this whole spiritual awakening thing. Maybe he sees that and he's training him to fight. I don't know if like the Hulk turns bad again and starts destroying New York and then maybe he's trying to train Wong for, or I mean, train at uh, Abomination for something like that. And I don't know. I'm reaching. Yeah. Or just to be a hero. Yeah. Yeah. But overall, it's a very well-written and acted show. Like, you can't say it's bad. Like, I do enjoy it. The comedy has me laughing out loud multiple times an episode, just like the first one. I like the story that is brewing. Like, you know, she's just a token hire, really. But she, you know, and she's also defending villains now. She's on the other side than she was before. But, you know, she will get to prove how good of a lawyer she is when she actually probably sets some of these bad guys free. You know, she'll get to prove. And, you know... And the, they hired her because she's Hulk, but they're intimidated by her, by her at the same time. You know, so there's like that little contrast going on. So, yeah, I do I do enjoy the show. Okay. It's weird that she's going to be defending villains, right? I mean, she's supposed to be a hero, but how does that work if she's letting villains out of jail, like defending them? Right. It's so strange, but we'll, we'll, we'll get more into that. We'll see, you know. That's yeah. a cool story, though. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you both have positive outlooks on it. I'll be fully honest about my overall thoughts. So... We got halfway through the episode, and I pretty much just didn't really have an interest of what was going on. Um, and I kind of just, I don't know, I still feel like the CGI for She-Hulk is just not great. So anytime she's talking, I just feel like it doesn't look very good. So we just kind of, the first half of it was just kind of a not great CGI She-Hulk going around or, you know, Jen going through her thing. I just, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not really here for an Ally McBeal show. And I know that they specifically stated that this would kind of have a Ally McBeal feel to it. So it's not like they just deceived us in any way or anything like that. It's just not exactly what I'm here looking for, for an Ally McBeal type show. Now, again, I'm getting all my negatives out of the way first. So this isn't all my thoughts on it, but it just feels like it's a so far. We have seven episodes left, so I'm getting ahead of myself here. But so far we have a Marvel show that doesn't really have any action and it's CGI isn't that great. And we have a lawyer show that really hasn't done any lawyering yet. So again, we're only 40 minutes into a nine episode season. So I understand that, but so far I just, I'm not, I don't have that much interest in it until we got to the part of the abomination being brought in. Now there was only about seven minutes left in the episode, but, and it's not to take away. The acting is good. The acting is good. The writing is good. If I didn't see Miss Marvel, that scene at the dinner table would have been a lot more enjoyable. It just felt like a literal copy and paste. Like literally the whole family around the table kind of making similar jokes, just talking about different characters. This time it was Hawkeye. The last time they talked about, I forgot what they talked about Miss Marvel, but it's just the same exact format of the scene. It's just they inputted different characters. So it probably would have been funnier to me if I didn't watch Miss Marvel. Her dad still had some funny lines that I thought was entertaining. Um, and again, it's not, I'm not sitting here saying it's a horrible show. I just, I don't have a ton of, a ton of screen time that I've been enjoying a lot. But the last seven minutes, I did really enjoy. I enjoyed Emil Blonsky being brought in. We had fears of him being a totally different character from some of the trailer clips we saw. Um, JD, like you said, it is a different Emil Blonsky, but I didn't mind him in this because, like you said, he's been in prison for what? 10 years minimum. I don't remember how long ago that was probably 15 years, depending on the blip, maybe 20. I don't remember how long it's been, but you know, he's different. He's been in prison. And the last time we saw him, he had just freshly been injected with super soldier serum and Hulk blood. So yeah, he was a lunatic. 
So he's probably done a lot of thinking in solitude. He's been writing with Bruce Banner, little letters back and forth. I'm sure Bruce maybe gave him some hints about how to control stuff. Maybe they seem to have a better relationship now. So I didn't mind him. I thought the difference in Emil Blonsky, it was there, but it wasn't forced and it made sense why he'd be acting so different. You know, Hulk's off to Sakaar, so I'm excited to see that. So all in all, the episode, I just, I didn't really have a lot of interest until the last seven minutes. I did enjoy some of the comedy. I felt like the whole scene where Hulk, you know, says, ah, that was so long ago, I was a totally different person. I was laughing until Jen looked at the screen and said, ha ha. I just I felt like it would have been a funnier scene if they just left it as brute. Like, they, you don't have to spoon feed it to us kind of thing. Like, we got it. You didn't need to do a fourth wall break there. Like, we get what they were saying. Um, I thought it was a clever scene, though. I thought it was funny. I like that they acknowledged that. Overall, it was all right. I, I enjoyed the last six or seven minutes of it. Overall, I'm still concerned. But they have a lot of potential to bring in interesting stuff. So I'm hoping we at least, if it's going to be a lawyer show and not an action-packed kind of show, I would like to see some good lawyering. I, I enjoy lawyer shows. I liked all the Daredevil trial stuff. I love Better Call Saul and all that. So I'm down for that. I just would like them to do it well if they do it. And again, they have plenty of time to. Getting ahead of myself, that's just my initial thoughts on the series so far. I'm not super excited about it. I'm okay with there being not a lot of action so far. It's just, it's worked. I To sum it up, I just yeah. like how it fits into the MCU. Like, that's kind of making it fun. And yeah, the action thing, again, it's cool. As long as we get some good lawyering or something out of it, you know, it doesn't need to be action-packed, but I would like, I don't know. Um, But this is what we get with Marvel TV shows. Like, you know, you can't expect movies out of the TV shows. That's what we've gotten so far. No, but I... Besides a few. I I enjoyed all the other ones. I I I will say that I have liked this more than Miss Marvel's first two episodes. It's been more entertaining to me than Miss Marvel. But again, Miss Marvel, I didn't enjoy that show either. So it's just it's okay. It's whatever to me at this point. But it still has a lot of room. As Hawkeye or less or more. No, I enjoyed Hawkeye more for first two episodes. I was enjoying Hawkeye a lot more. Dude, Hawkeye's action scene on the same level. I think in episode two, like when Hawkeye was tearing through people, like that was the coolest Hawkeye action we've ever gotten. See, I don't even remember. I need to rewatch it because I only watched it for the initial time. Um, but I do sick, remember kind of liking it. You know, I was excited yeah. for the next episode where she Hulk. I'm a little excited just to see if they do something with Daredevil and all the cameos and stuff. But that's the thing. I'm most excited I am about everything that's going on in the series doesn't really have anything to do with she Hulk herself. But they have that's time. actually true for time. me too. Yeah, yeah. It's the it's the abomination. It's Bruce Banner. It's stuff like that. That's really got me into the show. Not necessarily the She Hulk character, and she's a good actor. Mm-hmm. She's entertaining enough with mm-hmm. her comedy yeah. kind of thing going on. Which yeah, kind of a I neutral thing for She Hulk. Yeah, mm. but yeah. So let's get into the the big topic. You know, where do you guys think? Yeah. I'm surprised we got the answer to where what Hulk is doing. Like we already have the answer. We were curious. So where is this headed? So we see Hulk take off on the Sakaran ship after he's talking to Jen before. I think that's after Jen meets with the Abomination. Also, the showrunner confirmed that Hulk is on his way back to Sakaar. Quote, to handle things that happened during the time he was there. I mean, God knows what Hulk got up to in the years he was there. So he's got to go back and handle some of the off-world things that happened during that time. And Mark Ruffalo also said that he could almost... Now, this kind of confused me. He said he could see the Hulk going back to Berserker Hulk or World War Hulk in the future of the MCU. 
I don't know how you can go back to World War Hulk when we've never been there. So I don't really know what he means by that because that wasn't really World probably War means Hulk. His, it just it probably just persona. means his rageful mindset of destroying yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah. So the Berserker Hulk. Yeah. I just that I was like word, and then he said World War Hulk. World War Hulk. That's hard to say. Um. But yeah, so they're pointing out a lot of stuff here. So, uh, JD, what do you what what do you think out of that? My first thought was he didn't want if they wanted to bring him back as a gladiator, he didn't want to bring that baggage to Earth. So he decided to voluntarily just go to Sakar and handle it himself to reduce any kind of destruction on Earth. You know what I mean? So he just decided, okay, I'm just going to go. I'll go to Sakar. Now yep. we've seen a lot of theories about World War Hulk, and I'm like thinking to myself, there's no way they do a World War Hulk. They might flesh out the Planet Hulk storyline, but World War Hulk is about him coming back to Earth to kill everybody for sending him into space. Because in that story, they literally tricked him and sent him into space, and he ended up in Sakaar. So Mm -hmm. there's no reason for him to come and bring a war to Earth. Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. So the Planet Hulk storyline, on the other hand, yeah, he's going to go back and handle some things. Maybe they manipulate him and get him back into the gladiator thing or do something to backstab him or whatever. That's when he loses it, destroys everybody and becomes the ruler of that planet. So planet Hulk. Yes. World war Hulk. Absolutely not. It makes no sense. Why would he bring, why would he come back to yeah. earth with any kind of vendetta? Yeah. Agreed. Love. I have a prediction. All right, let's hear it. There will be a Hulk movie announcement at D 23 for wow. phase six. Can they Love do it. that already? Dude, Did if they, they get the rights back officially? Well, they're getting, if they a, get the rights, yeah, yeah. The movie will come out after they get the rights back. Right. You know? They could have so. kept it under wraps really well. Mm-hmm. That's true. But if they come out with an announcement that there is a Planet Hulk titled movie, dude, just, oh my God, that's... I'm that's stoked. Big time. Yeah. yeah. It's time. And, and they're, yeah. they're mentioning the Incredible Hulk movie in this show, too, you know, to kind of mm-hmm. let us know that there's been one before and there's going to be another one. Yeah, it feels intentional. I'm really uh, hoping we get not only like a Planet Hulk thing out of this, but in the comics, he had a kid um, named Scar. Now, Hulk went to Sakaar in 2015. It's kind of funny. He went to Sakaar. His son's name is Scar. It's not a very creative name. Uh, So Hulk went to Sakaar in 2015 after the events of Age of Ultron and was the Hulk for two years, he said. So... It's possible that he had a son between 2015 and 2017 if Gladiator Hulk was getting with some whatevers. I don't know how the Hulk reproduces. Don't ask me to get into all that. I don't know. Um, But it's it's possible he reproduced. uh, It's like his wife was a big, strong person with like something called the old power. So she was able to take that uh, that (laughs) Hulk dick. (laughs) That Hulk D. I was going to say, it'd have to be a a sturdy woman or... Yeah. Yeah. So... (laughs) So he could add a son in between 2015 and 2017. Now, according to writer Jessica Gao, we are in 2023. Uh, This happens before the events of No Way Home. This series is set before No Way Home and some of those other movies. So actually, the Charlie Cox we're going to see is before the Charlie Cox we got in the Spider-Man movie. So that's kind of interesting. But anyway, we're in 2023. So ideal or... Realistically, the offspring of Hulk could be anywhere from six to eight years old. I don't know how Hulk's age if they got the gamma radiation from birth, but that's interesting. So I wonder if something's going to come out of that and if it's going to eventually take over Mark Ruffalo's spot as the Hulk and all this you know, property in the future. But Mark Ruffalo did say he's willing to continue on as the Hulk for as long as they'll have him in the MCU. So 
I will say you could do World War Hulk if he, if they, if whatever happens in current day, if he goes and reproduces and then comes back to Earth and doesn't know he had a child, like in the comics, mm-hmm. and yeah. he left because he didn't know he had a child, and that child was pissed that his dad left him when he didn't even know he had a child. So I guess you could do World War Hulk if Scar, if, if Scar comes back to Earth to fight Hulk, and that yeah. kind of becomes a huge war. Ooh. I don't know. Yeah. No, that's more realistic. I, I could see that more so. Yeah. Some Hulk on Hulk action. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It'll be, he'll like team up with Abomination. It'll be She-Hulk and Hulk versus Scar and Abomination. Oh, kind of thing. Let's see it. Big CGI fight coming up. Yes. Let's go. <laughs> Hulk smash. All right. Let's jump real quick. Uh, the Abomination. Just real quick. We'll touch on that scene. So Emil Bon... Blonsky is back. Um, and he makes this whole pitch about how he's not really the villain like he thought he was being a hero he was enlisted by your government he says to jen to stop the hulk like he was on the good side he's a decorated military man um and he was enlisted to do that and then she says well you did go on a tear in harlem and he goes yeah after they injected me with the super soldier serum and for a point yeah that's that's not a bad point but at the same time he also (laughs) forcefully made dr samuel stern mixed the super soldier serum with Hulk blood and injected into him. And you could say, well, yeah, but he was unstable because of the serum, but we can always go back to the statement we've had said multiple times throughout the MCU. And that is that the super soldier serum does not make you good or evil. All it does is bring out what was already inside. So he could say that made him unstable, but there's that aspect to it. But all in all is a pretty, pretty decent pitch for his innocence. What did you guys think about that? Yeah. And also the super soldier serum, remember that whatever he took was kind of a derivative of that. They've never perfected that since Captain America. Mm. So this was a flawed version of that. So it could have forced him to go crazy, but great point that it's supposed to bring out who you really are. Like, and yeah, his pitch was awesome. Like, uh, it made sense. He literally, he was like, I thought I was a hero. And then all of a sudden banner is out there praised as a hero. And I'm literally in chains now. So what Mm -hmm. the hell? Yeah, they just they did a good job writing the scene to where you couldn't tell what his true motives were. Like, mm-hmm. is he bluffing? Is he really a changed person? But then when when Wong breaks him out of prison at the end of the episode, it's like, uh, and he turns right back into abomination when he said he's not that guy anymore. So I really think he was just telling her what she wants to hear so she would take his case and help him out. I don't did think he's Wong a changed person at all. Break him yeah. out or did he break out? No, Wong no, broke Wong him out. Wong came in with the sling ring for sure. Because mm-hmm. at huh, the end, yeah, that, after they fight, he sling rings him back and you see the same prison that he's in in Shang-Chi through that portal. Like you see that same oh, okay. cage. So Wong's literally bringing him back to put him back into there. Oh, that's weird. See, I didn't even catch that. Okay, so that brings a whole different dynamic from what I said earlier for the whole theory with Wong. <laughs> yeah. And it also, was pretty you guys, funny. Uh, yeah. Uh, how he mentioned that he has nine pen pals. Do you think that could be the Thunderbolts? Uh, I don't think it's going to be a Thunderbolts. I think they're I th- women. Yeah. There, so there's a, so he said there's seven pen pals and in the trailer seven. when Jen's going to meet him, there's seven figures in the background and they're all in like white, like pilgrim outfits. And he was talking about mm-hmm. these people have like a property or retreat for him to go to. It sounded like a cult of abomination, almost like fan mail kind of stuff going on. So I don't think that's going to be the Thunderbolts thing, but I do think this is going to lead into Thunderbolts, but I I don't think the pen pal thing was it, but we'll see. I thought it was pretty funny when Jen 
goes over the whole thing, how she's got this case locked down and everything. She knows exactly what to do. And like we said, the attorney goes, yeah, why don't you, why don't you go ahead and turn on the news? All right, have a good night. And she <laughs> sees that and just turns and goes, oh, that sucks. It's like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's not what you want to see. So Tatiana is good at that kind of dry humor, like kind of sarcastic comments like mm-hmm. that. I will, I will give that. Yes. She's got some funny stuff like that that I enjoy. Yeah. Um, the farva beans and a nice Chianti, <laughs> the Silence of the Lambs reference yeah. is pretty funny. Solid reference there. Yeah, so I'm interested to see. Obviously, the Abomination is going to be in it more, definitely next episode. So we'll see what they do with them, but could be good. Yeah, I am really excited to see where this goes. Yeah. All right. So before we end this real quick, uh, there was a scene where Jen was on her laptop doing a job search. And in a quick blink and you'll miss it news clips on the very side, we got a few different headlines for articles. Now, I forget what the third one was. It was somewhat relevant. Iron Man 3s. No, that was at the top. But yeah, that was an ad for the Iron Man 3 shoes. Now, there was a third thing, but it, it wasn't. It wasn't important enough to go into. So we're going to cover that real quick before we wrap this up. The first one was man fights with metal claws in bar brawl. Now that's we've literally seen that happen twice in X-Men one and in the Wolverine where he's been in a bar and he gets in a brawl with his claws. So obviously a Wolverine nod, which got the whole world going crazy seeing that super exciting. Um, JD, you have a theory about that? Yeah, if he's already in the MCU, which apparently he is, my theory is that the Weapon X program was much more current, whereas in the stories, it's like way in the past. But he just broke out of the Weapon X facilities or whatever. So, I mean, he broke out. This is Wolverine. He's got his metal claws, his adamantium. He made his way to a bar and he got into a fight. So, I mean, this is like, yeah, and we don't need another origin Wolverine story so Mm -hmm. i mean you could just pick it up right there this dude just got busted i wonder if dude it'd be so sick if she represented him in court as a superpowered person i doubt they're gonna do that if they (laughs) introducing wolverine into a she hulk show that's that's a little much but yeah i mean that's a good way to just introduce him into the thing like he's already he's already done with his adamantium uh what do i keep weapon x program yeah just a just a little quick way to introduce him it's yeah love you have any thoughts on it yeah, just a nice little nod. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't. I feel like they're still going to hold off on X Men for a while, but mm-hmm. it's a good our, little our, nod. Maybe the old one of yeah. the older movies. Yeah, our first ten. I mean, they had the whole thing where Sitwell and Winter Soldier, you know, read off the list of all the targets that Hydra had been keeping track of, and one of them was Doctor Strange. And you know, we didn't get a Doctor Strange film right. for two or three years after that. So, yeah, it could be our first official nod at Wolverine. Well, it is our first official nod, so it's exciting. It's exciting to see it actually come into the MCU. Hey, but that third headline is not something to just disregard because it it, it says that there's a giant statue of a man sticking out of the ocean. And no, that, to that's, me, I, that's the second one. I was about to read that. One oh, off. that's I the second even, headline. Okay, word. I don't. Yeah. Even, I didn't even remember a third headline, but yeah, uh, I mean, that's okay. an Eternals thing. I was wondering why that mm-hmm. never got mentioned. Like this huge being is sticking out of the ocean, but we never heard about it until now. So at least we're getting something. Yeah, I. So yeah, it said why there is a giant statue of a man sticking out of the ocean was the other headline, and you know, I guess this is them finally addressing that. Like you said, the entire you know, there's a massive celestial born from the Earth's core, and it's sticking out of the Atlantic Ocean and probably throwing off the axes of the Earth and God knows what else because it's a <laughs> giant 
marble thing sticking out of the like it's huge it's huge there's no way it wouldn't be like talked about or literally destroying the gravity and the tides and everything on earth like uh that would be a chain reaction so they are finally addressing it it just felt kind of lazy like it was like they kept hearing complaints about people saying why haven't we had any nods to uh timut timut Tamu, I don't remember his name, the Celestial. Tiamat. And it just, Tiamat, there you go, Tiamat. Um, but yeah, it just kind of felt like a, fine, here you go, throw it at the fans real quick, like, stop asking us about this. Look, here, there's a giant statue sticking out of the ocean, are you good? So, it, it was nice to see it acknowledged, it just felt a little lazy, like, but, you know, it was, it was fine. Yeah, And just, it does kind of help the timelines out a little bit. With yeah. the Shang-Chi reference mm-hmm. and the Eternals reference, we're kind of figuring out where things are lining up. Mm-hmm. It serve a purpose, that's true. Because the Phase 4 was confusing. Right. Yeah. All right, let's wrap this up real quick. 1 to 10 rating. JD, what do you got for this episode? Uh, just for what it is, it's just a nice good old 7.9. I enjoyed it. It's good. Okay. Lub? I put it at the same as Episode 1. So 7.1. Okay. 7.9 and 7.1. Uh, I went with the 6.7 just because I felt like two-thirds of the episode I just didn't care about at all, really. And was just kind of waiting for something to happen. And the abomination thing happened, and I liked that, but that was six minutes of the episode. So 6.7 as a whole. Not my lowest rating ever. It just it wasn't a crazy, crazy good episode to me. But there's still time. There's still time. And I know I'm the most negative one on this podcast about this show. So I'm hoping to have my mind changed. I really am. So we'll see what they do in the future. All right. Well, I would just like to thank both of you, my co-hosts, for joining me, Jeremy Dar and Caleb Culver, as always. Uh, again, head on over to our social media. Give it a follow. Interact with us. Tell us what you want to see. And we'll, we'll continue to produce for you. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be covering House of the Dragon, Episode 2, the next time we come in. So join us, and we'll dive deep into the world of Westeros. Thank you so much, and you guys have a great rest of your day.